It is a you killed it first. We are both drinking alcohol as we record this podcast. I am so excited for this. I might pause the podcast midway through to get more booze. We'll see how long this white claw lasts for me. I'm John Chidley Hill. What are you drinking? I'm I'm a stunned Sheldon Alexander. This is how we're starting the pod. I didn't realize we're giving up the secrets. I thought that was one of the those lost tapes type thing, you know? No, it's secret time. Uh, yeah, as longtime listeners of You Killed It Know, we typically record Thursday mornings. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're both busy tomorrow morning. Correct. So it's 11.43 on a Wednesday night. We're drinking and we're talking about the challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm still just on a high after my son, Mitchell Marner, tied the all-time Toronto Maple Leafs scoring streak, point streak record. Mm-hmm. Watched some challenge, mm-hmm. cracked a couple white claws. I'm hyped. Are you hyped, Shelly? Yeah, man, I'm here. This was a good episode of the challenge, an interesting episode of the challenge. I can't say like there's a lot of strategy, but you, you, they told us where they were going very early on, and it went right there, and it was just a funny outcome. But I wanted I, my biggest thing. Okay, so first off, the particulars out of the way. This is episode 234, episode eight of the challenge rider dies, right? But who's counting? Who's counting? I look at this episode and I think I want to know at this point, all the new people that might've jumped on this show from survivor, from like whatever other shows, you know, the challenge USA to watch this MTV version of what the actual show is. I want to know what they think of this, especially the ending. And we'll get there and we'll talk about all that. But I found this funny and I found this to be a cool hang. And we'll, we'll get to all of this. But my first question to you right off the hop, my friend, did you know that Amber is spicy? She's sweet and spicy. Oh, oh, my bad. My she, bad. Spe- she specified that she is sweet and spicy. I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. This was the least threatening threat I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and I grew yeah. up in Lawrence Park. Like, th- there is no teeth <laughs> to this threat. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I also, I have to point out, I'm going to point it out now. Okay. Because I'm not sure that we're going to get to it. Last episode, mm-hmm. everyone was mad at Devin. My guy, Devin. Yep. He has skated through this like the heat yeah. entirely off of him and, and to a lesser extent Tori, but like people were mad mad at him mm-hmm. like oh he's the mastermind he better watch him back nah i don't know maybe we missed the scene where he like begged forgiveness but literally no one even like hinted or suggested that he and tori were in danger well when he popped up near the end of the episode and said Hey, I might be in the minority here, but I kind of want Michelle and <laughs> uh, I was going to say Frank for some reason. It's like, who's Frank? Like not even, not even remotely close. Michelle <laughs> and Jay to stay. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, Devin. Like I forgot, like it was the first time he popped up in the whole episode. Right. <laughs> and it was kind of funny that further to your point, he's saying something that was so different from the rest of the narrative that we got for the whole episode. Um, but yeah. The rest of this episode was all based, well, started off with Amber and Michelle, more so Michelle. But I feel the need to read some of these comments here uh, because 
Uh, we got one on YouTube. And again, reminder, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, blesses with the like. That's how you that's how you support this pod. Even if you listen to the pod on like whatever, Apple Music, SoundCloud, hit us with a like there. Go on to YouTube, find the pod, and just hit us with a like there too. Even if you don't listen to it on YouTube, why not? Costs you nothing. Takes two seconds, right? Sounds good to me. I don't know. Absolutely. Anyways, shouts to uh Missa for you. I don't I'm trying to like piece together what that is, but I'll just go with Missa. Messa says Amber did not win her season quote, just because she was paired with CT close quote. Amber performed exceptionally well and even had, hold on, even had to wait for CT on the running portion. Sure. It was incredibly lucky to get a veteran partner like CT, but give her, give the girl some credit. She earned that notch on her challenge belt. It wasn't just given otherwise great podcast. Listen, I'm there's some solid points made there. Like there's a point where CT was trying to catch up with her. Now, overall, has Amber's whole challenge career benefited from being partnered with Darrell to show her the ropes? One of the best vets you could get. And then another one of the best vets in a final being partnered with CT. Of course. But she still had to run. And we've seen time and time again a lot of people that can't make the running portion of it. And she exceeded that she didn't just survive the run she dominated the run so point made there i'm just saying i see your face but it's okay one more uh d link says amber gets too much hate but she keeps making herself a scapegoat uh a scapegoat when you talk shit about vets behind their back knowing people always gossip in the challenge house she does perform well in elimination challenges, though. Also, Nani is so entitled for somebody who sucks at eliminations and finals. <laughs> so I'll say about Amber, she is a very good runner. Mm-hmm. But also, if she is that great, why hasn't she been able to replicate her success without CT? Well, there's still time. We're seeing still her time. in Young Chauncey, you know? That's right. Uh, the other thing I'll say about um, Amber, and I think it holds true for her and for Michelle, and we'll see that in this episode. I think it holds true for Jay. Mm-hmm. I think it holds true for uh, a little bit Fessy. Mm-hmm. Certainly true for Nelson. Is that they're all very emotional players? Yeah. And you know, we we're going to talk about Johnny Bananas in this episode, but Johnny Bananas is ruthless to a fault mm-hmm. right and wes uh ruthless i think jordan is also emotional but he sort of harnesses it into ruthlessness like he has a lot of clarity in what he does mm-hmm. and like to was the second per- what was the second commenter's name there uh d link d link i think made a good point that amber can't get out of her own way in a lot of respects yeah like she and, she has a lot of the tools, but she her ups are too high and her lows are too low. I think she plays a sympathy card a little too much. That's one of my things that I see with her a lot. I think she plays that sympathy card too much and it just becomes uh, too much of a crutch, which we see later on with the whole Michelle thing that goes on. But we will get there because we have to talk about your boy Scubinelli. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a huge part of this episode because first, you know, we're seeing the, I mean, I'm referring to him as Scubanelli and we see him in the pool 
with a partner who is learning how to swim better, or at least practicing how to swim better. I'm all for them practicing. I, yeah. I think I was, as I watched the scene, I thought to myself, and I know I've articulated this before. If you intend on being a challenge regular, you should be swimming weekly. Like you should have a, some sort of plan to improve your swimming at you all should times. Not be like Enzo. No, you should not like be, should, should not be like Enzo. You should be putting in that time. I would argue that swimming is probably the most important thing you could be working on. Like if, if you had to narrow it down, it'd be fair. swimming, running, and puzzles. It's fair. Totally fair. Keep up with those Sudokus. Um, <laughs> we also get Nelson and Olivia discussing their feelings for each other. She says it's real and they're catching feelings and she didn't expect that. Are you buying this? I mean, that's such an interesting way of putting it. I believe that Nelson and Olivia think that their feelings for each other are real. Oh, okay. I, I don't think it's a showmance. Okay. I think that they really think that they're falling in love. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think okay. that they're in love, but I think that they're being sincere in their affection for each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. They're not just trying to do it for the gram as I've been. No. Saying here and there with Olivia going back and forth, I did find this scene kind of interesting because it was one of the first times we've seen Olivia without makeup, mm -hmm. right? Or without her like normal glammed up makeup. And mm -hmm. you could kind of tell from the beginning of the conversation, it's like the camera guy just kind of caught it because like you could see the camera pan over and it's a subtitle the beginning of the conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say, and I've said from the get go, natural Olivia over the uh ig model version of olivia just just me just saying i'll get that out of the way but nelson we've seen this with nelson before right he gets distracted and i think he is genuine with it like he's not yeah. doing it just to be on the show um so i i, I agree with you i agree with you and when, like nelson sorry. is a nelson is a series regular like he's at a point where he doesn't have to do anything to try to like earn his stripes like he is good television yeah even when he's trying to be like dumbed down boring nelson now because he's yeah. wilding early nelson's wilding this yeah. nelson a little more chill but things that are completely contrived the bananas birthday party now here's my thing about this okay bananas turns 40 and you know first off the fact that you've been on 21 seasons of the challenge and you're 40 like that's more than half your life that's that's a stat that's a stat right there a statistic yeah but to me it was so lame and fake him walking in to the surprise yeah like, it was so clear that it was, it was like, coming hey we need you to go outside and walk in and we'll film you walking in and kind of act surprised it's like really where was he he was just by himself like the sitting only thing, outside in the backyard the only thing i could say for them is that like, you know, they have to do their confessionals every like couple of days. Ah, so but, maybe he was doing that. But this was at nighttime. And like, I can't imagine they're doing the confessionals that late at night. Like maybe, to me, knows, they do the yeah. confessionals, you know, between like 10 a.m. and noon. Yeah, it varies. Depends on the shoot sked. But yeah, yeah, no, I see your point. I see uh, your point. I had a lot of thoughts about this too, though. First of okay. all, like you, I think... It made me a little sad. You and I are both 39. 
And I just thought like, I don't know that I'd want to be spending six weeks in a house with people as young as 22 or 23. Like, like I think that would try my patience. And like, some of them seem really nice. Like I genuinely like uh, Horatio. Like he seems like a super nice guy. Mm -hmm. I bet he's well-mannered. He seems like the sort of person who makes his bed and is neat and tidy. (laughs) But I also would be very annoyed with everyone all the time. You know what I mean? Just like with all due respect to our younger listeners, you'll understand when you're in your mid to late 30s, you see people in their early 20s say and do things and you're like, oh, I, I used to behave that way and I see how young that was. You know what but I mean? A, a key thing for me to bring up here as a reminder is bananas. I don't know how old Mariah is, but he's clearly like hooking up with her or trying to hook up with her or she's trying to hook up with him. I don't know. But there's my a, point in bringing that up is that he clearly still has interest in and from 20 year olds, which I think probably adds to his um, itch. That yeah. he needs to scratch in terms of because he says he's still coming back for many more. And I mean, he's cashing checks off it still from the show. And also, I'm pretty sure he still has his ringer podcast, right? His yep. ringer challenge pod. So there's lots going on there. Um, I do want to ask you, they made a, a Nani made like a sign for him. Yeah. Is that a good look to show all of the stats of how good he is at this game in front of and how much money he's made at this game in front of all of these people that clearly see you as something that is hindering them from winning said money in the future? That was exactly what I was going to bring up. (laughs) I think that was a huge mistake. It's one thing to celebrate his birthday. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's cool. They always celebrate people's birthdays if they're in the house. And, like, you got to do something to break up the monotony. I get that. That's fine. I would not be celebrating Johnny's accomplishments that hard because, as we always say, people are just looking for a reason to vote you in. Yeah. So, like, don't give them one, right? Like, yeah. And you could see it on people's faces as Nani was, like, singing his praises. Mm-hmm. You could see people, like, the look on their faces, like, man, fuck that guy. Yeah. And sure enough, they had like confessionals where they're like, I love Johnny, I respect Johnny, but like, I don't want to yeah. go against Johnny in a final. I want to yeah. get this guy out of here. This guy would do anything to win. Like, we got like, that was a mistake on Nani's part. That was, I think, Nani existing in a bubble where Johnny, where she's thinking of Johnny as a friend which he is obviously to her, but also she's not thinking about how other people view him or view her mm-hmm. or view the veterans in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like so- I didn't see a lot of people mourning Durrell and Veronica being eliminated. No, not at all. Um, next up, Nelson and Fessy, another big, big, big part of this whole thing. And maybe we'll deep dive into their, dynamic a little later but at this point i think it's an important reminder for people who might not be familiar with what actually happened between nelson and fessy before on the challenge they came into the house i don't remember what season it was but they came into the house they had an alliance it was basically them two and Corey, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the seasons where you had to get a skull to make it to the final so fessy saw that 
you could get a skull and it was for hall brawl which he'd been waiting for and he played football so he knows that he could beat pretty much anyone in that elimination and thus get his skull and so he used that opportunity to go against nelson who he knew was injured who he knew was injured and then went at said injury in the hall brawl to get the skull and eliminate someone who is in his alliance that is the nature of their beef. And then, as they showed the little snippet from that season's reunion, Fessy's like, oh, you know, I've known him for like a month. Like, everyone trying to make it seem like we're best friends, blah, blah, blah. Like, he he didn't, he apologized, but it was a fake apology, you could kind of tell. And then he, like, doubled down. So that's a backstory. Now you're seeing them trying to make up. And Fessy, because as the numbers are dwindling and names are going to get brought up, Fessy's really trying to see where they stand. And Nelson is kind of playing coy, but kind of being like, nah, man, we're cool. We're good. Do you think at this point, when this comes up in this whole conversation, did you think they were boys? Did you think that Nelson was really cool with Fessy at this point? No. And the Not way should he be, but are they cool with each other? The way Fessy approached the conversation, I found mystifying. Because he was like, hey, man, you seem to be, like, carrying yourself like we're buds. And, like, (laughs) are we buds? And I was like, this sounds an awful lot like a threat. Like, I thought the, like, tone of the conversation was Fessy being like, hey, Nelson, you seem to think we're friends, but we're not. And if I win, I would nominate you. Like, that was the tone of the start of this. And then Fessy was like, I feel bad about how things went down and I'm trying to earn back your trust. I was like, what a bizarre way to like roll into this. And again, and this comes up later, but why are they having this conversation now? So I think it's just a numbers game, right? You see how the numbers are going and you got to start thinking about scenarios that could pop up. Meaning if blank wins, there's a chance that I could be going in against this person and being part of the final four. So you got to kind of start sizing each other up and knowing, Hey, if I'm down in the pit or in the zone with these two other couples, who is going to pull the safe dagger and save me? You got to know who has your back. So I understand Fessy trying to figure that out where he stands with Nelson. I just don't understand the way that he went about it. And as I said, I also don't think that they're boys. I think this is like, the way that Fessy went at this, Fessy went at this almost like the Horatio situation. And what I mean by that is Fessy is constantly trying to sun people and show mm-hmm. his like dominance over people. Like I'm the alpha. Mm-hmm. That's the energy Fessy's always coming into this with. And I think the ego that he has with Nelson is kind of like, yeah, we're cool, but we're kind of on, you know, I think they're on the same level in the challenge house, but Fessy probably thinks that he's bigger than Nelson in the challenge house. You know, like I'm the better competitor. You know, I get more girls. I have like the ego is just there. The bravado is there from Fessy. And he's always there trying to be like, so the energy that you're describing to me is like Fessy trying to let Nelson know, like, no, 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 you should want to be boys with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. You should want to be working with me. Yeah. Okay, That's the way that. that he's phrasing it. Right. Because that's just how Fessy thinks like, 
yeah, you could be mad at me, but at the end of the day, what does that do? You need me, <laughs> right? But he can't, he's not saying it like that, but my he's saying point, it like that. My point was, why is he having this conversation so late in the season? Like, if I'm Fessy, what I'm doing has is, to. I, and that's what's fucked up. Like, if he had any sincerity in him, which he he doesn't, but, like, <laughs> I would have... As if I caught wind that Nelson and I were going to be on the same season, I would be getting, if I don't already have his phone number, I would be getting his phone number from a mutual and calling him up in advance. Like, Hey bro, heard we're on the same season. I don't like where we left things. I'm sorry. Failing that. If it's a total surprise that Nelson's on the same season, you're uh, at the airport together. You're on a plane together. You're on a bus to get to the house together. Mm -hmm. There are so many opportunities early on before there's even cameras on you where you can be like, hey, man, can I speak to you for a minute? I fucked up, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and also, we hear this later on. Fessia has not had a game conversation at all, apparently, with Anissa and Jordan. Too cool for school, man. Like, and... those two aren't the first two people we've heard say like, oh, Fessy hasn't talked to any, like, is he literally just spending all of his time and energy flirting with different women rather than playing the game? Like, you sound surprised by that. I mean, as I said, Fessy comes from like, it wasn't just made up. I'm just saying, rhyme. I'm just saying that there's folks think Hove just wrote stuff to rhyme. Come on, John. (laughs) I'm just saying that there's, 24 hours in a day that he could be putting in the work. They have a lot of downtime. It's true. You know, like if he cut back on the flirting by 5%. But if you think about it, um, homegirl's gone. What was homegirl from the mole? Oh, uh, not Colleen. Colleen. Colleen's gone. Laurel's gone. He has more time all of a sudden now to talk to Nelson, right? There are just other things. Michelle's still around, right? Yeah. But like there are other things that were just distracting him, you know? Um, I, do you think do you think Nelson is will ever realize that most of his castmates, his fellow castmates, think that he's dumb? Like on some level, I know he understands that he's not the smartest. Like he makes jokes about it. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. people play him as a fool so much and like i hate that i am becoming a nelson defender because i really Mm -hmm. like i would say i'm neutral on him at best like i'm amused by him but i also think he's an idiot yeah just like people there were full seasons seasons of nelson bleepery going on yeah like yeah he's done a lot of stuff that like i can never sign off on Mm -hmm. but just the level of disrespect that he gets from his castmates constantly yeah, he's got just last week. Devin and Jay were fully manipulating him, mm-hmm. and like people were being like, "Oh yeah, Nelson's easy to manipulate because he's dumb." Now Fessy is just like, "Oh yeah, no, I want to be your friend. I know we've been in this house for three weeks now, and I'm only getting around and talking about it now." But you know, I had a lot of hugging Laurel to do, so I'm sorry <laughs> that now that it's getting down to like nut cutting time, uh, now I want to chat with you. You know what I mean? Like at yeah. some point, when is Nelson going to be like, "Hey, if you're not like my buddy from day one, like I'm not gonna like 
basically he should only trust Corey is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. only Corey truly has his back. Agreed. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Like, I think that is spot on this Fessy thing makes no sense. And I'll, I'll get into this more when we get to the point at the end of this episode, but right now, double trouble. And the one thing about double trouble, this, this, uh, daily challenge, it looked really cool. It was super awesome. It was so basically you had to hop, you're on a moving truck. There's two, there's four cars. Your partner is in the first car, unlocking locks inside said car. They get out, pass it to you while you're hopping from car to car to car to car to get to the front. You get the lock. You get to make your way back to the very end. Put the lock in. Do that four times. Fastest yeah. team wins. Now, this looked awesome. This was pretty awesome. But overall, in terms of it being a viewing experience and watching like who wins or loses, it wasn't a good challenge for that. No. And I was thrown off. A couple people fell off the cars as they were running from car to mm -hmm. car. But then because they're on a harness, they recovered. So yeah. I was like, how can you actually fuck this up? Then, of course, Nelson found a way to fuck it up. And Nelson and, and Kenny. Uh, yeah, drop them. And I agree. Like, I don't know. It was fine. I think it'd be hard. Like, I think it'd be a difficult challenge to do, but I yeah. don't think it translated well as a viewing experience. Yes. Like, I think it was way harder than it actually came across. Yeah. The other question I had was why was it always the female partner in the car searching for the keys? So I'm going to put this out there. Mm -hmm. In some instances, that made sense. Mm -hmm. In other instances, I think having Narice be the one jump from car to car might yeah. have been better. I think definitely having Casey jump from car to car is preferable to Kenny. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to say with all due respect to Kenny because he is warm yogurt spread on white toast. But like... Like, has he had more than one line on this entire season? Has Kenny gotten confessionals? I can't picture any confessionals. He's definitely getting a purple edit. But I just like, Casey is an incredible athlete. Arguably the best female athlete left on the show mm -hmm. with Laurel eliminated. And certainly, I mean, she's a professional athlete. She's definitely a better athlete than her brother. Why isn't she the one jumping from car to car? It's a great point. Right? That like both I didn't get. And like I would even argue Amber would probably be a better choice over Chauncey. Yeah. Like Chauncey's very athletic, but like I feel like Amber's built for it, right? Like she's got long legs, she's graceful, you know. Mm -hmm. People want us to praise Amber. Here's some. I think she's probably a better athlete than Chauncey. I kind of feel like he's got wow. show muscles. Wow. Okay. Um, but I just like, I, I, I don't know if that was like a rule that producers put on them, which would be bizarre. And like, I was even thinking like, let's say Laurel had not been eliminated. Like surely Laurel would be the one jumping from car to car and Jack would be the one retrieving the keys. It's a good call. I think so. I think you're right. I like to think you're right about that for sure. Yeah. The one thing I found weird was 
the confessionals from Olivia, I felt like she was super hard on Horatio. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just kind of like, who do you think he is? A stunt guy from the Fast and the Furious? She's just like, yeah, he gets really nervous when the pressure's on. I'm like, yo, my guy's jumping from moving car to moving car. Like, what do you want from my guy? <laughs> they right? were also like, the first to go, too, which I also yeah. think would be difficult because, like, you have no learning curve. Like, mm-hmm. you can't learn from other people's mistakes. And I think something that the later ones, because, like, the last three pairs were the fastest, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that everyone realized was, First of all, the cars get closer together when you're about to jump because, you know, obviously, Bud and Murray doesn't want to catch a lawsuit. Second of all, it was clear and like the early people in particular made this mistake. You want to stay on your feet the entire time. Like a lot of people were jumping Mm -hmm. onto the hoods and trunks of these cars. First of all, it would hurt like hell. Like they're still made of metal. You don't want to land shin first on like like steel like that's not going to be fun and also like you're just wasting time getting back to your feet Mm -hmm. right and we saw the the later pairs they were always staying on their feet and just like basically sprinting along the way um but like Horacio didn't have that advantage of like learning from others so yeah i thought olivia was pretty hard on him the other thing that i think was noteworthy is that Norris was really admiring Jordan's effort. And Jordan really blew everyone away. Yeah, But Norris noted that he's really attractive when he does well. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was an interesting note. Yeah. And I mean, especially if you were paying attention during said club scene. Oh, Especially if you were paying attention to the next time on the challenge. But that was, but this comment from Norris was the first time oh, I know. that we had a an inkling mm-hmm. of what's to come. I did do a the the uh, old school say by the bell the ooh <laughs> <laughs> right. They needed that sound effect button. Um, yeah, I did find that because it kind of came out of nowhere, right? It's like I'd never even seen them talk to each other before, so just like okay, okay. Um, but yeah, this challenge came down to three teams, Bananas and Nani, Jay and Michelle, Jordan and Anissa. Um, I was surprised that Bananas and Nani did that good of a job. Bananas, I mean, he's a vet. He knows what's going down. Jay and Michelle have been doing a great job. And we know Jordan is superhuman. He's really a superhero. So with that said, Jordan and Anissa win. And Jay is shook right away. Um, I thought this was going to be my line of the episode. As TJ says, all right, now you guys get to go back to the house and decide who's going to be in the bottom four. And Bananas says, as only Bananas can, gee, I wonder who it's going to be. <laughs> it's such a jerk voice because he's Bananas and he knows they're going to use it and he knows we're going to talk about it and we're going to laugh about it because Bananas is Bananas. Um, So you can see where things are going, right? You see that Jay and Michelle are going to end up going right in. But my question to you is, if you were Jordan and Anissa, who are the teams, like I tried to write down at that point, who would the teams be that you would put in? Well, so here's the thing. I'm sorry. This is just going against expressing what you asked. But last episode of You Killed It, I noted there's only so many teams left. Mm -hmm. There's only eight teams left. Okay. 
so by process of elimination, you basically have no choice because they're not putting in Devin and Tori. Like full stop, period. They're not putting them in. They're not putting in Bananas and Nani, who they're in an alliance with pretty much, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're not putting in, by extension, Casey and Kenny. Yeah. So the decision's basically made. There's only there's only like a little bit of wiggle room, which they discuss. Like exactly. I don't I don't see what else they could have done. The only option, obviously, Jay and Michelle are going in. Nelson they, and Norris are going in, obviously. Yeah. Nelson and Norris are going in. Horacio and Olivia, as much as they like them, they got to go in. So the only debate is Fessel and Mariah or Amber and Chauncey. Yeah, that's all. And, Jordan, and as vets do. I think Anissa and Jordan really broke this down quite simply. You know, like I see Amber and Chauncey as less of a threat. Yep. So why put them in? Made sense. You could just see how calm and cool and collected Jordan and Anissa were just in giving the lines and, and getting you through that scene and making it make sense. It was super interesting. I also um, thought, I also noted that their deliberation, I had the sense, you know, who knows what the editing's like. I had the sense that their deliberation was maybe five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And it's because they've clearly talked about it before. Mm -hmm. They have clearly had the conversation where they're like, if we win, who are we putting in? Jay and Michelle, they're... obviously. Like they've, I mean, I also just made the point that it's pretty easy. Like there's only mm -hmm. five teams realistically yeah. for them to choose from. But, you know, they, they had, they were locked and loaded. They know who they want to go for there. It's just like a little bit of deliberation over the fourth team. But you know, no, yeah, I, I pretty totally straightforward. Agree. Totally agree with you. So yeah, the teams that you mentioned, they're the teams that end up going up. And Amber, who is not going up, attempts to hug her friend Michelle, who pretty much disses her, and it's kind of weird. Amber's confused; she doesn't get it. This becomes a whole thing that I don't really care about. And then they make <laughs> up near the end. Cause they don't really care about it. She's just like, Oh, we're emotional. We're friends because we're emotional and we're emotional together. And that's why we're friends. And sometimes that happens. And yeah, I don't want to talk about them anymore. Um, that I just want to point out. That's, that's the sort of behavior I was referring to mm -hmm. when I said, like as someone who's closing in on 40, I wouldn't want to be in a house where that sort of thing is happening every two or three days. Mm -hmm. I was picturing poor Chauncey laying in bed, talking to Amber, listening to her be mad because she tried to hug Michelle and Michelle didn't want to hug her because Michelle was mad about getting thrown in, even though she kind of had to know that she was going to be thrown in. It's just so ridiculous. I I also, I got to say, I'm on Amber's side with this. Like, I think Amber yeah. was probably upset for too long, but Amber, they showed Amber hugging Nelson. Mm -hmm. who she has legitimate beef with. She has mm -hmm. real reason to be angry with him. She's just the hugger. She hugs everyone. It's not crazy for her to go and hug her good friend, Michelle. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was totally uncalled for, for Michelle to be so salty. And to your point, Michelle knew she was going in. So is she mad that Amber wasn't nominated? That's what I really think it was. But that's so petty. You sound you sound shocked by this. I know, but I just like this is why it's hard to get behind Michelle and Jay. Yeah, which we'll get to. And like they 
I'm, yeah, we'll get to this because I got a lot to say about them. Uh, yeah, interrogation happens. Jay and Michelle somehow think that they can come in and make a deal. Michelle's like, oh, you know, we'll see. And maybe if you save us, we could work together. And it's like there's a 0% chance that they would try to make a deal with you after you put them in not once but twice. Come on. Um, shouts to Jordan. I know I'm I'm showing a lot of love to the vets, but this is a thing where you just see the difference in how people play the game. And Jordan specifically asked Nelson. So if you had to choose pulling the dagger, who would you save Fessy's team or Olivia? And it's super interesting the way that they frame this whole thing, even though it's a tough decision for Norris as well, because she's cool with Olivia. She's also cool with Mariah. So I thought that part was really interesting, but I love how Jordan brought it up to put Nelson on the spot on purpose and make him nervous about it. I thought that was a great play by Jordan. I think it was a great play by Jordan. And also when you ask Nelson a question like that, there's a 50, 50 chance. It hasn't even occurred to him, right? Like this, man, this may have been news. I'm, <laughs> I'm not serious. That hard on Nelson. This might, it may not have occurred to Nelson that he'd be in that position. Okay. Sometimes you gotta like hold Nelson's hand to like get to the point, to the crux of the issue. And I think it was a legitimate question. And also it could have influenced who they actually put in directly. Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. Yeah. So it's a fair question. If they have a, that's a good call actually, because if they have a specific target, it's good to have that information for sure. Totally agree with you. And they also asked uh, Fessy and Mariah who Mm -hmm. they would put in. Were they to pull? Question for you. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any awkwardness, but should Jordan feel some type of way about Fessy considering, you know, which maybe this comes up in the next episode as it seemed like it might in the, uh, next time on the challenge but fessy but fessy and jordan just to jog everyone's memory as they've discussed earlier this season after tori and jordan broke up tori came on that season of the challenge was flirting with fessy the entire time they claimed they didn't hook up until after the season but we saw the vibes right the vibes were there all season long when they were in the house and they did hook up and i wonder how jordan if he feels some type of way, if there's that in this as well, as he said, he plays a game emotionally, but he hasn't really, you know, sized up Fessy or said anything to Fessy. It seems like everything's cool for now, I guess. Have you noticed anything or no? I haven't noticed anything beyond when Jordan first arrived and Tori was like, Ooh, this is awkward, but it seems like they've just been like in their own corners, mm-hmm. which is probably, so to me, Jordan's really interesting because I find Jordan sometimes is really mature. Yeah. He is an emotional person, but sometimes he's like, just like, you know what? We are broken up. What happens happens. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes he has his head screwed on tight. Um, I don't know. I haven't noticed any tension. Okay. I liked though, when they're deliberating with uh, Olivia and Horacio, Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia says, you know, we've been lucky so far to not go in. And Jordan interrupts her and goes, no, no, no. You've been good. 
You are yeah. good in competitions. People like you. You're playing the game politically smart. Like we're on opposite sides of the fence, but I've got no issue with how you're going about this game. Great distinction from Jordan. And yeah. just shows that he's paying attention and truly understands the game. And doesn't take things personally, which is something that a lot of other teams are struggling with. Mm-hmm. And also, and he gets into this later, you know, they're all on different sides of the house now. But like, if you're Jordan, you got to be thinking like, Horacio and Olivia, I've got no issues with them. We're on another season together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start working together. But like, I got no problems with these people. Like, they're straight yeah. up. I'm straight up. So it goes. Yeah. Right. And like, it goes to show how having the cooler head makes a difference. Yes. Totally agree. Totally agree. With Not that. just for Jordan. But for Horacio and Olivia, who like came into deliberation and off the hopper, like, listen, we know it's not personal. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You uh, know who did take it personally, though? I mean, your, your man's, man's Fessy. <laughs> we said that in unison. Do you think we've done this podcast often enough that we can now speak in unison? In Toronto slang, no less. 234 episodes, my dude. 234 episodes. We're, we're starting to find our feet, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, this Fessy and Anissa thing. He's super salty about Anissa putting him in. But again, I think that's ego. Because he still I- expects Anissa to be like this puppy dog, like mesmerized by Fessy and like owing him forever and never going against him. And it's just lame. And Fessy also, being so salty for no reason. It's missing the important point that somehow Michelle missed as well. Michelle and Jay are the targets. There's right? nothing to suggest otherwise. Exactly. And again, just in this podcast, we did the simple math. They could do the simple math in the house. It's easy to be like, all right, Anissa and Jordan, no way that they're putting up Tori and Devin. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. We know that they're running with bananas and nani and by extension casey and kenny mm-hmm. that's it and like they even say in conversation like anisa says to fessy listen i like you you're great we're friends i know you've got casey above me and that's cool yeah i've got tori above you that's cool right and like yeah. it's just facts like you can't get mad that they're doing what you would do. And also, what Fessy you did. Says, yeah, what you did. And Fessy also says, like, oh, I'm sick of protecting them. This is the second time we've heard a big brother person say, oh, I'm so tired of protecting so-and-so. You ain't protecting shit, bro. Like, first of all, if he's been protecting Jordan and Anissa, he's done a terrible job. And they went down <laughs> twice. Right? Right? Second of all, we have seen no evidence of him doing anything to politic for them, to stand up for them, to try to win a competition and put other people in. Like, what is he talking about? You brought it up earlier, though. You brought it up that Anissa said Fessy has even talked game with her at all since they've been in the house. But yet Fessy's trying to spin that this is someone that you've been protecting. How are you protecting someone that you don't even talk to? Yeah. Makes no sense. Um, also, what doesn't make sense to me, these club nights, it hurts my feelings when like the generic music comes on. 
And it just, I remember the energy that we got from a whole season that carried us through uh, whatever the Paramount Plus season was called, All-Stars. Yeah. That like the musical soundtrack carried us through. And now you show me this club scene, I'm seeing people getting down, the slow-mo dance shots. And it's like generic music hurts my feelings so much let me ask you a question sheldon let me try to lift you up because you're my buddy you're my guy but when you're hurting i hurt what song would you have liked to have heard i just imagine i envision every song being 50 cent in the club (laughs) (laughs) go 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 right Uh, yeah i don't know yeah just Just every episode that's you just you're hoping for classic fitty yeah or uh Ja Rule, just something from that era. Okay. Have I told the story on the pod about how well first off, there's a lot going on right now. If you think musically, and I was listening to Levitar, they're discussing what classifies as oldies now and oh, how like the 90s has to be oldies. Yeah. Right? Like if you really think about that, and that's messed up. But it made me think because I was at a wedding a couple, maybe a month ago now. I talked about it on the pod. I had to MC a wedding, but when the music started, I remember how much like people were trying to figure out, yo, what would they need to play right now to get the club, to get the club going? Wow. Hear what I just said to get the party going for real. And the consensus turned into like, it's gotta be that two thousands hip hop. It's gotta be like 50 and jaw rule. And if you play jaw rule in the Shanti, what would I be with my baby? Like it's going <laughs> to turn into a, like, that's going to be a jam. It just, it's just going to happen. You can deny it. You could try to hate on it. But when that drops, people are going to be on the dance floor. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'd be. And, hey, look at us. We went on a sidebar. You know you know what I would like to hear? That, like, that I would think is fun. Like, that early 90s electric dance music. Like, uh, <laughs> I've been on a big Another Night by Real McCoy kick. Mm-hmm. Or uh, was it? Uh, Mr. Vane, yeah, who's saying that? Or Saturday night, Saturday night by Wigfield. Yep, let's go. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, you know, hip hop is my number one love, but like to mix it up a little bit, some of those classic early 90s dance tracks. The goal is to get people on the dance floor, so I totally understand. No problem there at all. And as you mentioned, Jordan and Norris, whatever was being played. They were on the dance floor. I want to see what happens. That I'm looking forward to that next week. Did you see sure. the look on Tori's face? There is, there is I a. Did. Ooh, it was great camera work. Great, great camera, camera work. work. And you know, on the one hand, I would say Tori has been on enough reality TV to know what's happening when she sees that camera there, and she, you know, she may have had a couple drinks. Mm-hmm. but like she would see that camera and she would know what's coming next. Right. Yeah. Like she knows at the same time, Jordan would also see that camera mm. and he would know, which makes it a little shitty. On the other hand, they're also single and entitled to do what they want. Correct. That's what, that's ultimately where I end up. Cause like you're going on the challenge and the reality is you're going on the challenge. There's the, an expectation that you're going to be, you know, mingling with some other singles. 
yeah, how far but, that goes is up to you. How like far the boundaries are, that's up to you. We know this, but you we know, know that that's a gonna, possibility. We know this is going to come up uh, because we saw the like next on the challenge. Mm-hmm. But Tori and Jordan were sleeping together earlier this season. I don't necessarily mean having sex, mm-hmm. but they went to bed together on several nights. Yeah. And I can see her feeling some kind of way. Like it's absolutely they are single, mm-hmm. but have they always acted single on the season of the challenge? Totally fair. Totally fair. And I can't wait to find that out next week. I can't wait to litigate this with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear what the people have to say too. So make sure you send us in your comments as you watch the episode. I'm also, I'm sorry. I'm angry with our listeners. I challenged our listeners last episode of you killed it. Mm -hmm. And I pointed out that Amber and Chauncey kiss weird. I actually did notice that this episode. That's thank you. That's all I needed. I I just needed some kind of reassurance. That I'm not crazy because it opened this episode opened with them kissing again. I was like, oh, they kiss so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice I'm that. So I, glad I had a good it. laugh at that. Thank I did have Sheldon. a good laugh at that. That's all I need to hear. But listeners, please, I hope I'm ruining every time Amber and Chauncey kiss for you. But like, pay attention. It's gross and weird. Like, what did yeah. you notice about it, Sheldon? Awkward, like facial, like I was almost about to do it. And then I realized that we're (laughs) not doing that on camera. No, I can't believe how close I was to actually like, no, no, no. Like the actually making the face that would just be not that our podcast is like that popular, that my face would become a meme, but I'm saying like, yeah, it was just awkward face. That you could see and like it was just weird. It was just weird, 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 weird vibes. You were correct on that. They they just like every time they kiss, it looks like it's the first time they have ever kissed. Mm-hmm. Not just each other, but anyone. Yes. Like it seems like big time grade six spin the bottle kisses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no chemistry in their kiss for sure. It's very odd, very strange. I totally agree with you. I think, like, I almost want to go back and watch replays of their kisses to try to, like, get a handle on what's going wrong. Is it is it that they're not opening their mouths, like, a little bit? You know how you got to give it a, like, quarter opening if you're, like, into it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I mean, I'll leave that level of research to you. You know, like, what you hey, what you do in your time, what you watch to... um relax i, I don't i don't you. think i deleted this episode off of my pbr it's like the opening scene so i can definitely like watch the tape i'll slow it down slow-mo get out the telestrator because like <laughs> there i don't know it's there's some there's it's not just that they lack chemistry it's that they're like their technique is incorrect yeah no i agree i agree with you let's 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 go to the zone because like what else happened here anisa and and fessy kind of argue amber and and michelle make up you know horatio and olivia they want to actually pull the dagger she wants nelson to pick her but she doesn't want to tell nelson to pick her because she wants to like know that he cares without her begging to be picked um let's get down to the crux of this okay okay because to me, I feel like the last few episodes, exactly what 
the best case scenario would be like, and what I mean from a production standpoint, so Johnny Bananas pulling the safe dagger two weeks in a row happens. Super suspect. Super suspect. Totally agree. We've discussed this. And now Nelson being the one to have to choose is exactly what production would want to happen. And I don't want people to, to take this the wrong way as if I'm like calling them out and saying this is dumb. I am applauding production for this. If they've somehow figured out a way to trick us, right? And like they've made this, they pulled the string so that it played out perfectly. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not calling them out. I'm not, I'm saying like bravo as someone who works in production. I'm saying great, great job because I can't see where the manipulation takes place. What I'm oh. questioning is how incredible that is that it played out perfectly. So I think, first of all, with the bananas ones, it's obvious how they made that happen. <laughs> they told him which one. <laughs> like that's, he picked first both times. Yeah. The first time he did it, he was furthest to the right and he picked the dagger directly in front of him. The second time he was furthest to the left, which mm -hmm. makes no sense. Like it's not like they're always going right to left. And he also got to pick first. And he got to pick first, and again, he went to the one directly in front of him. So it's clear he was positioned, and at some point, someone said to him, like, hey, Johnny, just pull the one directly in front of you. So using our reckless speculation again, mm -hmm. in theory, if you were trying to do this in this episode, you would tell the first two people, no, because you want they would want to pick the safe dagger. You know, You know what you do in this one? This is me. This is just thing. no, this is just like wild speculation, reckless, reckless speculation. Yes, I'm fine with it though. First of all, I'm convinced that what I said about Johnny Bananas is accurate. They just, <laughs> they just told him and like yeah. put him in the in the right position. Yeah, like I, I, and they're like, oh, randomly selected Johnny goes first. What I think you do, this is this is how I would do it. And mm -hmm. as you know, I'm a criminal mastermind. In confessionals beforehand, mm -hmm. like the morning of, mm -hmm. I would say, hey, uh, Fessy and Mariah, what's your strategy for picking a dagger? <laughs> and then I, I would like say, it. hey, Olivia and Horacio, what's your strategy <laughs> for picking a dagger? And then I would like I it. set it up so that like, it lines with what they do to give them the onesie that you want. I love it. I actually so love they that. Have, so they have to break from their strategy. That's I love I it. Love it. Love it. So I love that. Great job by you for sure. Thank you. So my next question is, we know how this plays out, right? Nelson and Narice, they end up with the last, you know, they're the ones standing. They have to pick. They get the safe dagger. So they have to pick who else is safe. Nelson has to choose between saving Fessy or saving his girl, Olivia. I'm going to ask you, Mr. John Chidley Hill. I'll ask you first because I have, I have takes on this, but I'll ask you first. What should Nelson have done? He should have saved Olivia. Like it is so brutally obvious. Yeah. And you're nodding, but like I, I would be stunned would be shocked if we had any of our listeners say oh no no you got to say fessy but what's there the are... reason what's the reason give me the reason 
the reason is there's two reasons. First of all, Fessy has proven himself time and time again to not be trustworthy. Right? Fessy's going to get you eventually. Fessy's about Fessy. Yeah. That's just that's just his character. So like and like I don't as I was saying earlier, as Jordan has noted, Olivia and Horacio have played a pretty straight up game. They're allied with who they're allied. You know, they've worked with them. Remember how they like sort of faked him, Nelson nominating her, and they just yep. like they've that had alone successful... should be worth Nelson saving yeah. her, no? Yeah. The, the other thing is that frankly, I would rather face rookies in the final than a mm. veteran. Yeah. Right? That's fair. Because rookies don't know what they're getting into. And Olivia and Horacio, I think if really they're a very impressive rookie duo. But I think you are better off facing rookies in the final than you are a team that has one veteran. Uh, someone who also, Anissa already said it earlier, Fassi's number one in the game is Casey. Casey is associated with the veteran alliance to, and has the strongest bond. Like, I, there's no breaking up the Casey, Kenny, Bananas, and Nani, like, foursome. It's yeah. not going to happen. Those, mm-hmm. those two teams are going to have each other's back to the end of the, the season. Like, there's, there's no cracks. Yeah. And Fessy is more tied to that than to you. So you got to save Olivia and Horacio. Right? And, like, Nelson has already declared his set for in some ways for the rookie side for the Michelle and Jay side for the Olivia and Horacio side backing up Fessy is a step backwards it is entirely the wrong decision what are your thoughts though you said you had some takes I wholeheartedly agree with you the obvious choice is Olivia but to me it's for different reasons right so first off Olivia Okay, you and her have whatever's going on. We don't know the full context of that because we're not in the house. We only can go off what they're showing us. Cool, I get that. I understand that. Cool, more power to you. But for in their side, it's not like they're a bad team. So you're also saving a team that will be aligned with you that is very good. Okay? Mm -hmm. But the biggest reason why you don't pick Fessy, Fessy's not your mans. You know how I know Fessy's not your mans? Because Anybody who is actually my boy, I'm not going to have to have this whole grand decision that's so difficult to decide whether or not I'm picking my boy versus the girl I just met in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, What, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? I don't even know. If it was actually your boy, this is not a difficult decision. But the fact that it is a difficult decision tells me everything I need to know about you and Fessy's relationship. That's not your man's. Maybe that should be the, the name of this episode. That's not your man's, bro. <laughs> I think that's a great title. <laughs> right? But like, that makes no sense to me. If you have to think about it, if you have to, to think, and this isn't some like, you know, what's a what's a kid's thing? The bros over hoes or whatever. Like, yeah. This isn't anything like that at all. I'm saying if that's your boy, that's your friend. You don't have to question that. You just, like, it comes up automatically. Okay, well, I'm going to have to choose between my boy or the girl I just met 
for a million dollars. You're choosing your boy because you don't mm -hmm. have to question that. You don't know anything about the girl you just met, but the fact that you had to think about it and it was such a tough and difficult decision for you tells you everything you need to know. And the reason why it's a tough decision for you is because you know deep down you can't trust Bessie. You know Put it. it. To your point, but like putting a different spin on it, if it was Corey instead of Fessy, no there'd be no debate. no, no debate, no debate, and no one would, no one would be like think twice. If it's the exact same scenario, it's down to it being Olivia and Horacio, but instead of Fessy, it's Corey and um, whoever Cheyenne, yeah, or whoever. No one gets mad at Nelson if he picks Corey. No, no one blinks twice at it. Olivia would be like, give her blessing and it'd be like, oh yeah, no, for sure. Pick Corey. Like, I get it. Like, we have something real here. We'll continue it when this is all over. But like, you and Corey go way back. There's no debate if it's Corey. There's no debate if it's Hunter. Yeah. There is yeah. debate if it's Fessy. That, that's all Because Fessy's already it. shown, he's already shown you where his loyalties lie. He's already shown you that. And then add in everything else that you said where you know where the lines are drawn. He's not putting Casey in. No. Right? If it's between you and Casey, he's not picking you. If it's between, even if it was between Fessy and he's in there and has to choose between Bananas and Nani and Nelson and and uh, Narice, are we positive that Fessy's going to pick Nelson nope. over Nani? Nope. Mm, I don't think so. So this is what I'm saying, and that's the part that made no sense. And and more broadly, this is the strength that the veterans have that the rookies do not. The veterans know who their number ones are, like in terms of other teams, mm -hmm. right? Devin and Tori know that Jordan and Anissa are their people. They yeah. know it. Uh, banana, bananas, <laughs> banana mm. and Nani, banani, banani, and Casey and Kenny. They know that they're down for each other. Yeah. And that's it. Like, full stop, period. And um, even those two groups of four, they know that they're each other's priority before anyone else. Yeah. Whereas, like, who is Nelson's number one group? Jay and Michelle. Maybe. Who's Jay and Michelle's number one group? Good is question. it Amber? I don't know. Is it Devin? I don't know. We but don't like, know. but with the veterans, it's cut and dry, and that's a huge advantage because it lets them be more decisive, and you can see it with how Jordan and Anissa conducted themselves. Mm -hmm. Their deliberation took two minutes. There was no tears. They they were respectful. I think of everyone. There was nothing heated. They're just like, hey, you know where we stand because we've been clear all along. Do you also think that? Nelson was thinking about who Jay could beat. Oh, uh, like I don't know. I'm literally just spitballing here. I mean, maybe. I don't I mean, know. That's that's some big brain thinking for Nelson. True. Flip side though, and this isn't about Nelson. This is more just about Fessy. How do you think they would have done in this challenge? They would have well, lost for sure, right? They. They well, let's talk about the challenge and then we'll circle back to it because I, okay. I have thoughts. Okay, so the challenge, the elimination is called spun out. One person is strapped to the outside of a wheel and the other one is inside of it, moving it back and forth like a mm -hmm. hamster. 
um, they have to move it back and forth along a rail to solve one of those pyramid puzzles where you're trying to like build the pyramids and you can never put a bigger piece on top of a smaller piece. It always has to be bigger and then like gradually smaller. So the idea is that you have to roll this wheel back and forth and communicate with each other because the person inside the wheel can't see the puzzle. The person strapped to the outside of the wheel, they're the ones doing all the like puzzle work. So they have mm-hmm. to call and be like, we got to go to the left, we got to go to the right, that sort of thing. What becomes immediately apparent, and like Horacio, to his credit, early on, like before they even begin, he calls to Olivia and he's like, hey, can you hear me? And she goes, yeah. And she, he goes, great. Because like we got to be able to hear each other for this thing to work. And then early on, mm-hmm. as what almost always happens in these eliminations, is that the cast members that are comp- not competing, they're just watching, they're shouting encouragement, they're giving tips. And we've seen this mm-hmm. through every elimination. Yeah. Not just this season, practically every season. Mm-hmm. It's a common occurrence on this show. Yeah. But quickly, the people who are not competing realize if they are shouting encouragement to <laughs> Olivia and Horacio, then Jay and Michelle can't hear each other and don't know where to go. Yeah. So they just really give Olivia and Horacio a lot of instructions. What mm-hmm. did you think of this, first of all? So I know I've said this before on other, in other instances where this happens, I've said how lame this is to win like that. And I still stand by that, right? Like, I think it's a very lame way to win, but in this instance, I think Jane Michelle kind of made their own beds by playing. They fumbled the bag so hard that you deserve to lose like this. And I think the strategy of it all, like bananas is just here for chaos, right? So anything that involves chaos, he's here for Jay. We already know that he has beef with Jay based on the whole Morgan thing. So he's loving Jay getting eliminated and especially like this. And if he can Mm -hmm. help to that, he's all for that. So that part of it, I all understand and I all love because that's kind of what makes the challenge a challenge. It's a different game. We talk about it at the end of the day, whether you love it or hate it or indifferent. Bottom line is politicking and your relationships in the house matter. So you can think you're the biggest, baddest or the best competitor, which Jay thinks he is. And who knows? Maybe he he might be one of the top competitors in the house. But if you're not liked, you're only going to get so far because situations like this are going to happen. And you might think that's unfair, but let's go back to something else that you brought up. You brought up Jordan when they were in the deliberation with Olivia and Horatio. You acknowledged the fact that they were on opposing sides, and yet there was still respect there from Jordan. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So you can be on opposite sides of the house in a different alliance, and you can still respect and, you know, not root for, but you're not going to actively go at the other person in an elimination to get them out. But because of how Jay and Michelle completely just fumbled the bag, and when you look at it, the, the reign of Jay and Michelle and Nelson, right? Their side of the house had the power. 
who got eliminated during their reign? Darrell and Veronica. Yeah. What was the point in that? Laurel and and Jack. What who was the point have, in that? Who could have been their partners? Because Jack and Jay were buddies. So this is my point. You fumbled the bag so badly in this that you had what's coming to you. So as much as I want to feel bad for Jay, because that is a terrible way to lose, and it definitely sucks, right? It sucks, and it'd be a terrible way to lose. And there's part of me that feels bad for them, but they put themselves in this situation by not doing what you stated, where you had the opportunity to go at Bananas and Nani, and instead you didn't put them up, when all you needed to do was put up Bananas and Nani, put up uh, Casey and Kenny, and Fessy and... Uh, Mariah and go at it that way. You had yeah. the opportunity to do that for weeks and you never did. So now guess what? You're screwed. I also think that, yeah, it's a shitty way to lose, but also it's unrealistic to expect people to watch an intense competition and not have them cheer. So hold on though, hold on though, hold on though. <laughs> they're doing more than cheering. Like they're they purposely are. Like being loud to disrupt and also telling Horatio and Olivia, who didn't understand how to do the puzzle, right? Like literally telling them how to do the puzzle. But this, like I said, this happens literally every single time. Like not mm -hmm. just on this season, every season of the challenge. The only sure. season where this did not happen was on Fresh Meat 2, where the eliminations were done away from the house and away from the other yeah, cast yeah, members. Yeah. So, and like, I think it's human nature to cheer for the person that you like. And it's part of the drama of the show. Like it's, mm -hmm. and like, again, I know it sucks. And obviously, I mean, they all acknowledge that they're doing it on purpose. But it is part of the show. Like it, it's, it happens right yeah. like this isn't this isn't a chess match where there's silence like this is sometimes a very physical competition like it's human nature and also you asked earlier how would fessy and mariah do at this i think they would do badly because i don't think fessy does well in situations like that no. like i think he gets easily flustered i don't think he would have had the support that Horacio and Olivia had. No. And uh, I think it would have been still loud, and but like equally loud and challenging for both of them, like for both teams yeah. to hear what was going on. But it still would have been a factor. It's just like, because sound was such a factor. And I wondered if the acoustics of the space and the acoustics of the wheels that they were in made a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like, it, it would have been difficult no matter what. And it also sucks for Jay because they said they had a full, like he knew how to solve the puzzle, mm -hmm. right? Like he had the formula and they numbered it all. So they knew where to go, mm -hmm. but they just couldn't communicate to each other. That to me is uh, very unfortunate in the sense that I would have wanted to see just how well his plan actually would have went. You know, and there's ways around it, but again, not being familiar enough with the game, you could have figured something else out. You could have like tapped on it, knocked on it. You had a number system. What if you knocked 
four, right? One, two, three, four. That's grab that piece, right? You had all the pieces numbered, right? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. So if you, you can't hear which number to grab, you're telling her grab this one. And then, you know, there's another knock means, you know, go right, go left, or like knock in the direction that you want to go in. Like there are ways that you could have communicated if you couldn't hear, like you could feel, you know, like if me and you are against this wall, you're still going to feel the pressure if you can't fully hear it, which I doubt that you couldn't hear a knock, but you know what I'm saying? There are just ways around that they probably panicked and were so rattled and thrown off that the whole entire house was rooting against them. Mm -hmm. That part's got to suck. And I think not being familiar enough with the game to know that that's a thing that can happen. They didn't know how to deal. They had no counter. The other issue that I have that like, I feel bad for Olivia and Horacio because the help was forced on them. And this is a second time for them, right? This has happened. Yeah, it is the second time. I mean, the first time was to get rid of turbo, which is also something I'm not against, <laughs> but like, it's not like you have no choice, but to accept that help. Like, what are you going to do? Ignore them. No, no, and like get eliminated. You got to do it. So like, it sucks that like my impression of Olivia and Horacio is that they have a lot of integrity and they have, and like I think they would like to have had a a clean win, for lack of a better term. But what are you going to do? Like, you can't ignore that advice. You can't ignore the advantage that is being given to you to beat someone and like stay in the running for a million dollars. Well, Horacio didn't even know that they won. Like yeah. it ended and then he's like, who won? Who won? He had no idea what was going on. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know there. But overall, like, yeah, it sucks for Jay and Michelle, but Jordan sums it up perfectly. And this is my actual line of the episode. He says, Michelle and Jay, get out a notebook. Write this down. This is not Survivor. Close quote. And I think that perfectly sums up what happened to Jay and Michelle. In the challenge, when you, it's almost like the Omar special from The Wire. You come at the king, you best not miss, right? You had your opportunity to actually make moves in this game, and you wasted your chances. You wasted your chances. You didn't put up Bananas and, and Nani, which will never be able to explain to me why that was a thing you decided to do and why Jay decided to listen to um, Michelle and not do that. Makes no sense. But you eliminated, again, we just went through it, right? You eliminated teams that weren't even a rival to you or weren't even a threat to you. You wasted those opportunities. And then what happened? It came back to bite you in the butt. Yeah. It's just, and like to extend on that thought, Jordan makes the point, your reputation matters in this game. Because you come back season after season. Yeah. Jay and Michelle are at a point where like they almost can't come back on this show. It will take a long, I mean, don't get me wrong. Just in general, like I'm a believer in forgiveness and understanding. Uh, but I and like, you know, allowing that people can change. It's easy to point to CT as a very clear cut example as someone who did some really fucked up things right? Like he broke a guy's jaw. He said and did 
really shitty things to women early on in his time on the show. He was not a good person. But, you know, he's got this amazing redemption arc. And now he's like, he's Uncle CT. Every lo- everyone loves him, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, I would argue he's the hero of this franchise. More so than Bananas. So like, it's not impossible. But they have now really painted themselves into a corner. Where they have, like, people will not see them as trustworthy or reliable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they can begin to repair that. I guess it starts with the reunion and like looking at how they went about things and like trying to make real sustained changes in how they go about playing their game. Uh, But like they've kind of screwed themselves going forward. It's just the basic principle of what Jordan did, right? Where Jordan in their deliberation said, they made the calculated move where we could put in Chauncey and Amber, but we see them as less of a threat. Whereas all that Jay and Michelle's alliance did was remove lesser threats out of the game. It made no sense. There's no, I still have yet to understand why Michelle wanted to get out Laurel and Jack. I still need that explained to me because I don't understand it. And it became this huge thing that became, you know, a huge thing in the house and a huge issue. And Laurel asked her straight up, like, what's your issue with me? What's your problem? No explanation. Then there's no need for them to lie to Jordan and Anissa and tell them, Oh no, 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 we're not going to put you in. And then you put them in. Like there's no need for any of that. Right. Like it's just terrible gameplay. And then they get, um, I guess manipulated by Devin in the following week when Nelson has a power and who does Nelson end up getting rid of Darrell and, and Veronica, they're not threats. Like none of this made any sense at all. So at the end of the day, that's why I can't feel sorry for Jay and Michelle. And I know you're going to ask me this. So I'm just going to tell you this. This is a straight LVP. Oh, wow. Yeah. Michelle and Jay, like you played yourself. You get the DJ Khaled award. You played yourself like they, it was the worst gameplay I've seen. And then add in Nelson's gameplay, like that whole Alliance screwed themselves. Just terrible gameplay. This isn't even something where we're like, Oh, bananas and them are doing such a good job at manipulating the game. No, no, no. These guys are just making clown decisions after clown decisions. And then it comes back to bite them in the ass. It just makes absolutely no sense to me what Jane Michelle just did. And for that reason, it's why I don't feel bad for him. I can't feel bad. For, I want to feel bad for Jay, but I can't because you played yourself LVP. Well, I mean, I'm shocked that you went with that. That's not, that's not where I'm going at all. The MVP to me is obvious. It's Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan. I mean, I don't, I don't want to dismiss Anissa's contributions, but realistically, it's Jordan who's running across moving cars. Yeah. Um, and but Jordan and Anissa, you know, I'll put them together, earn the MVP jointly because they are playing the game right. They are acting with integrity, with respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, my impression is that Jordan and Anissa aren't even really playing the game vets versus rookies they've been forced to do that but like remember how upset how kind jordan was to jack Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. as they were eliminating him and Laurel. He was all about Tommy. He really liked Tommy and uh, what's Tommy's partner, Annalise. Yes, I forgot about right that. when they got eliminated. Jordan was like, Tommy, you're the best. Like, I hope you come back. You're great. Mm-hmm. Jordan and Anissa treated Olivia and Horacio with respect when they were deliberating. I think it's less that Jordan and Anissa are looking like for a veteran alliance. Mm-hmm. More like it's there, as we've repeated, obviously they're allied with Devin and Tori, but that's like real life bonds. Yeah. Right? It's they're not looking for trouble. It's trouble came for them, and so now they're pissed. Yeah. But like if you know i'll be interested to see what they do now that michelle and jay are gone like i have a hard time imagining they're going to go after um nelson and Reese or fessy or anything like i feel like jordan and anisa are just going to try to coast the rest of the season right yeah. like they, now they just want to think about like you know making sure they're in prime shape and getting to the final like, yeah. I don't think they're looking to eliminate everyone. I think they're content to just be really good at what they do. Yeah, and having the confidence that they can win challenges, too. Mm-hmm. And the Jay and Michelle thing, there's one part I left out of their LVP performance. That's a big, big one. In the middle of your reign, you got manipulated by someone who's not in your alliance. Yeah. <laughs> like, how insane is that? In the middle of your reign, you decided this guy who I just made a deal with for a week, we're going to listen to him and listen to who he wants to get out of the house. What? (laughs) That makes no sense. So you listen to Devin for one week and then the following week, you don't even have a deal with them. So like you're just left out in the cold. Just moronic, like terrible, terrible gameplay. And I don't watch Survivor. So I can't tell you like what happens on Survivor if this if their gameplay works on Survivor. But as mentioned earlier, when we asked about Michelle, everyone said Michelle won, but she you know was lucky to win. We'll phrase yeah. it that way. And Jay well, hasn't won, so well, just they. It's funny they would come up with a game plan and then they wouldn't stick to it. And again, by contrast, Anissa and Jordan's strategy their tactics their political play was so straightforward that johnny bananas was joking about it mm-hmm. as soon as they won no one that they nominated was shocked yeah right oh, yeah. i mean michelle was oddly mad about it but like no one was like oh oh my god those people everything was mapped out not not only was it mapped out but they were calling their shots jordan said like hey we're coming for you like as soon as they eliminated laurel and jack we're coming for you. As soon as we get our chance, you're going in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a there's a beauty to that simplicity. And also, too, think of the people that you got eliminated. Veronica and Darrell were not going to win an elimination. They were not going to win a daily challenge. No. Jack and Laurel were not going to win a daily challenge. What are you doing? <laughs> right? yeah. Like, what are you doing? Anyways. Where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And another reminder, like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get it. Bless us with a like. Bless us with the retweet. Send in your comments and questions. You guys are all 
ladies and gents. You guys are all part of the show. And we wouldn't be still doing this without all of you still listening and still writing into us. And yeah, this is why we do it. It's so much fun to talk about this show on a week in, week out basis. And we appreciate that. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.